Welcome to episode 119 of The Space In Between, and today we're going to be sitting with Jennifer Eurizio, and I just had a really beautiful discussion with her. She shares about what soul language is and how can you connect with yours, and oh, it's such a treat. I cannot wait for you all to hear the words of wisdom that she has to share with you all. Uh, but first, a couple things happening here in Nomadland. Tomorrow, if you're listening to this live, yeah, May 12th, we have our May gathering. So this is an opportunity to come meet us on Zoom and connect with our community. Amy, Susie, and I, who she's also been on this podcast before, we are going to talk about how to reclaim your magic, how to live a creative life. We'll be having a discussion. We'll doing some practices to tap you into your own beautiful inner wisdom, inner magic. It's going to be beautiful. And we'll be exploring this conversation of magic and creativity so you can really claim the life that you desire. We'll be talking about that all month long at our other practices and other uh, movement ceremonies, I should say. And the conversation will continue at our Facebook group. Our Facebook group is now the Nomad Collective with Phoebe Leona. We'll be talking over there. And we're going to dive even more deeply. We have a Nomad, early Nomad special happening right now until July 3rd, where you can join Amy and myself in Mexico in November, November 3rd through the 9th. We'll be diving in deep in the beautiful backdrop of just outside of Tulum, the Riviera Maya, where we'll be on the beach. I'm already excited for that. And exploring the Mayan ruins. It's going to be really, really special. So you can join us again. That'll be November 3rd through the 9th, but we are early nomad special is happening through July 3rd. So if you, if you register now before July, July 3rd, you get some extra special treats as well as a discount. So head over to nomad always at ohm.com and find out more how you can join us this month and how you can join us in November. All right, now let's go ahead and join Jennifer. Okay, I am here with Jennifer Eurizio. Welcome. Welcome to our podcast. Yes. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yay. I know. So we connected through one of the Facebook podcast groups, I believe, and, and you've been talking behind the scenes with Leah. And I was looking at your website today, and and let's well let's just first of all introduce you, who you are, and what you're offering, and then we can kind of. I have so many questions about your how you got there. So let's start with where you are now. So where are you in this day and age, Jen? Uh, in this day and age, I <laughs> am the founder of something called Soul Language, which puts tangibility to soul and the soul of a business. And um, I work with master healers highly creative, highly intuitive people, highly innovative people uh, who have a big vision and really want to align and put consciousness into that vision and into their business. So I help them do that internally. And then because of all my marketing and PR experience, I help them also come up with some strategies and some talking points and anything from naming a program to clearing the energy around it to uh, stepping into the spotlight. So it was a very long and wonderful, sometimes very bumpy road, but uh, here I am. And so that's what I do 24 seven. 
Oh my gosh. Yes, I understand that. Having your own business, it is 24-7. So it sounds like, and what I was reading on your website too, and a little bit of you know my little research on you too, is that you do have this, and what you just spoke of, you have this nice balance of kind of the intuitive side and then this business side. So where, where did your journey begin? Um, was it more kind of like the analytical or was it more of the intuitive? How did those, what was your journey like? to get? Uh, it, it began going to art school because okay. I knew that there was something really highly creative in me. And, you know, as a 16 year old, when you're plotting your, uh, you know, your adventures, you only have a limited scope of what's available to you. So I went to art school and, uh, you know, it was, it was a very interesting experience. And, uh, I think without it, I wouldn't have been able to step more into the spotlight. You know, Mm. I think certain souls have that calling to be in the spotlight and mine did. So, uh, and yet I'm an extreme introvert, introverts. So it was interesting. So I went to art school, got out of art school, realized I wanted to eat, didn't really want to like, do the starving artist kind of thing. Um, and I got a job in marketing and PR. Okay. And uh, my boss went, I got a, I got the job. I was there for a couple of months and she got pregnant. And then she went on maternity leave. Okay. And I'm like, ah, uh, what do I do? And they're like, here's a pitch letter. Here's a media list. Go make calls. That was it. That was all the instruction. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> I I didn't know it then, but I was really using that internal wisdom to kind of plot that course. So I was like, well, who should I call? And I, I call, oh, I'm going to call Good Housekeeping or Better Homes and Gardens. I forget which one it was. Okay. And uh, I got a placement, which, you know, I got publicity for that, the new client. And it that's huge. Like at the time it had 5 million readers or something. And uh, I was hooked. And it became this kind of uh, game and it became this way of tuning in and going with me and then going up with my staff, call that person, call that person, call Mm -hmm. that person. And what I really realize now is I was not only that, but I was hearing and understanding business on a, on a, such a deep level for, for my clients that I would go, okay, here's the, here's the idea for the segment. They'd be like, well, it's not in my book or what I like, can you talk about it? And they're like, yeah. And that would be the one that, uh, media gravitated towards. So that's how I kind of integrated both of those. And, you know, and I, I also knew that there was something really big and bigger inside of me and, and I was angry. Oh God, I was angry. And, um, (laughs) okay. I just, I just, I was, I was like, I, you know, I, I was at war with everything Mm -hmm. and, you know, really non-accepting of myself. And I just started, uh, reaching out for people and calling in people that would help me heal that. And that allowed more of that intuition and, and uh, deep connection to kind of unfold because then I, I wasn't using all of my energy to make war with myself or everyone else. And I had time to actually listen. Hmm. So, there are a couple of things I want to ask you about. First of all, what was your medium as an artist? And where did you photography photography? Okay. Yeah. So again, behind the camera um, and also very weird uh, because it's a very interesting way of seeing, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, photographers tend to see stuff that normal people don't see. Yeah. And also 
an interesting way of framing things, right? You know, I always talk with clients like, okay, you know, I know that you feel that what you're saying is this, but we need to move over an inch because that's where the beauty is. Mm. And that's what I learned being a photographer, right? How to see things that no one saw or how to tap into the gift of seeing things that no one saw. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Where did you go to school? School of Visual Arts on 23rd and 3rd. Nice. Yeah. Which was funny because it was, uh, I withdrew all my applications for all other schools. I was like, no, I'm going to go that one. And my mother's like, are are you sure? Because I'm like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Like I know. (laughs) And even that was using intuition that I was unaware of. Yeah. So it sounds like you almost were uncovering this this idea of in you, you being intuitive and not wrecking, like you knew there was something, but you didn't realize it almost sounds like you weren't aware of it. And you also maybe weren't aware that other people had it, but then there was the shift when you had that job in PR, your first job of going, clicking that together. Is that correct? I think I knew that there was some sort of metaphysical mumbo jumbo out there. Okay. I just didn't know what it really meant. Okay. And I didn't know the difference between being highly intuitive and being highly intuitive and conscious. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to really understand that. Like, I don't think people, most people know that. Like, most people don't understand that highly intuitive people don't mean that they're highly conscious, mm-hmm. which means putting wholeness and completeness in everything and not operating from their own pain and programming. It took me a long time to realize that and Mm. a lot of painful situations to grasp that point. So I think there were these little stepping stones. What I really wanted to be is just to be magical. Mm -hmm. And I thought intuition was that path to kind of unleash that, which in a sense, it's all chicken and the egg, right? So I think that's the driving force that led me to each stepping stone of really uncovering my intuition, my gifts, my wisdom, my connection with my higher power. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I love it. Um, And then you were speaking earlier about the anger and that seems to be around that time where you were also tapping into this too. Or did it go further back? What was, what were you angry about? <clears throat> I, you know, you? now that I can really look at it in a, in a really powerful way, yeah. it really wasn't, yeah, it was anger, you know, yeah. parents divorce, blah, blah, blah. But, but <clears throat> it was be- bigger than that. I think it's, you know, one of my soul languages is called graceful warrior and it's was using warrior energy unconsciously, yeah. you know, because it was the only way I knew how to use it. And that was anger. And my one of my other soul languages is called teacher of integrity. So I've been able to see where people are out of the consciousness of love. How that manifests, uh, now I've, I've, I've adapted a new way of understanding that. But how it manifests when I was younger was this bellowing of anger mm-hmm. of like, like, oh my God, the injustice and, and how could you do that? And, and you're saying one thing and you're doing another. And, and that was just an indication of knowledge uh, or energetic reading that I wasn't understanding. Yeah. And so I think that's a lot of the anger. And then of course, anger of 
you know, feeling like I wasn't heard or feeling like I needed to be, you know, uh, the head of the household, which is all just like made up stuff. Right. Um, so that was part of it. And then I think a lot of the anger as well was just feeling like I didn't fit in, Mm. you know, like, you know, I can see and hear a lot of what, you know, people are feeling and saying in their heads. And that's kind of difficult when you don't know you're doing it and you don't really have words to process it or deal with it. Yeah. When you're speaking, I'm thinking, you know, first of all, yeah, I totally agree with you in terms of anger being more of just an expression of something that's else that's underlying, right? So a depression, yeah. uh, that feeling of what you said of not he- being here, heard or seen or felt, and it, it ends up being just that expression that that is the easiest way out. It's very surface. Yeah. Uh, and well, then, it also creates movement, right? Yeah. You can direct it. So yeah. it's a bizarre way of releasing that energy. Yeah. A uh, very unconscious way versus uh, being conscious about it and allowing it to release in a, a very healing way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know if you've ever studied, well, it sounds like you work with archetypes with your soul language, but I want to hear more about this. Um, but I... I have this wonderful book. I could send it to you when we're done here on the Dharma types. Have you ever read this this book? On no. It's, it's an archetypes based on your purpose. And when you were speaking, I was really connecting with it because it sounds like you're the outsider, which I connect with too, where you can see things from the from outside, like you were speaking to being a photographer, right? You can see the bigger picture in a way that other people can't see things. And that can be really frustrating too, right? Because you're thinking, how can they not see this and have that that feeling of anger? So I I completely relate to that. So I'm laughing because uh, (laughs) you're saying the outsider and I'm laughing because it's it's a soul language. So there's 107 soul languages and some of them correspond uh, unknowingly, because I was just hearing things, you know, downloading it to our to the archetypal information out there. So I'm laughing like, of course, <laughs> look at this, right? Um, the difference between soul language and archetypal work is soul language is a growing consciousness, right? So archetype works tends to be a very uh, two dimensional, mm-hmm. unmoving. And while soul language is a, is a starting ground to, to create that conscious connection. So it gives the mind, the human something. So it, it can really connect deeper to the soul and get clarity and move from pattern to consciousness. And I love that, you know, when I first downloaded the all in the information, someone was talking about archetypal work, not what you're talking about, but different. Mm-hmm. And they're like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God, like we have all those soul languages, like, (laughs) you know, like, so, um, you know, I remember hearing at first going, oh my God, like, are people going to think that I'm, you know, stealing this work? And and my soul went, no, like this information has been out there for eons. This is just a deeper understanding of it and how to utilize it. I think um, what I love about soul language is that it is conscious building. Um, It, you know, I think some of the other things out there are, here's what you do, here's how you do it, you know, here's why you're doing it. And then it 
some people can utilize that to uh, fall into a groove, you know, like they, uh, people do this a lot with past lives. Um, well, you know, I've had a lot of past lives. You can hear it in my voice. I've mm-hmm. had a lot of past lives um, where, you know, I've been killed. I was like, okay, great. Let's integrate that and let's not repeat that story. Yeah. Right. Like <clears throat> there tends to be people use it as a crutch. Uh, and I'm just That's very true. proud of myself just then because I did sarcasm and I'm not very good at sarcasm. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm real and I'm not very good. That's that teacher of integrity uh, in me. And I'm not very good in understanding sarcasm. My, uh, best friend's kid who I call my nephew frequently uh in his 16 years would go Aunt Jen and being sarcastic and I'd be like oh Eric you know I don't get that like (laughs) why do you keep doing that to Aunt Jen I don't I don't understand it um so yeah I would love to read that book that's the long statement to say yes I would love to read that book (laughs) well let's speak a little bit more about that because it's interesting the way that you speak to it. I, I understand what you're saying, <clears throat> but I, about you said archetype is being two-dimensional. I I feel that an archetype, but when you said about the, the crutch, I can understand what you're saying, but I do feel like the archetype is very dynamic um, depending on how you look at it. But And that's what you just it, said, it, it, to turn into a crutch. So The thing is, is that it's very rare that that archetype information gains in a new understanding of it yeah right so here's a perfect example as we identify groups of languages that energy evolves and changes those definitions evolve and change Mm -hmm. and so there's more information coming in all the time about that energy form and so that's what i mean by conscious and evolution and so yeah so very fun very fun topic I think I could talk to you forever oh yeah we're going to well we'll well, not forever forever but this conversation (laughs) will continue on beyond our podcast for sure I know that so let's um yeah I want to hear a little bit more about this so what I'm feeling like is let's say that we're talking about more archetypal and it's this pat what it is is a pattern right a pattern of energy and so what you're saying is soul language is kind of working with that 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 pattern but bringing more consciousness into it so it evolves so that well, it what i'm it really beyond. saying yeah is that soul languages are divinity okay. so if you take the 107 core energies of soul and you squish them together okay. that's whatever you call god okay so we choose to use three core energies this lifetime mm. exclusively. We can use all the energies, yeah. but as a as a way of receiving and creating what we want on this planet. So yeah. what we're really doing is a, it's a very metaphysical conversation, and I love it. What we're doing is we're evolving how humans use that area of divinity right? Because yeah. it's just pure consciousness when mm-hmm. it's not within this frame. So that's, so patterns of energy of that human use of it consciously or change and transform. Okay. So it, it, it really is like when someone has a business, when we identify their soul of their business, mm-hmm. that's pure consciousness. It doesn't have your pain. It doesn't have your program. It doesn't have any of your struggle. It doesn't have any of your weird ways of how you use it. And so, <clears throat> When people work with their businesses, I go, okay, what are you putting into your business? Because it's going to act either consciously 
expansion or unconsciously implosion. Mm. And so soul languages are actually your three core energies of the divinity that you're choosing to use this time. Okay. I love that. And I can't wait to re-listen to this because I just said a whole bunch of really cool new information (laughs) and I need to write down. All right. Well, good. So, okay. I want to dive more into that, but I am really more curious about how you got to this place with this information. So can you speak to a little bit more about your story of, of getting where you Mm. are right now with this? this Yeah. I was, uh, I was asking some really big questions. I was on my way to speak uh, at a conference about essential oils and life purpose. And I was like, okay, I'm pissed. Where is my community? I feel alone. Mm. And I know that there's something really bigger inside of me. And sorry, God, when was that's, this? And when was this? Like timeline? Uh, 2007. Okay. And I know that there's something really bigger inside of me. God, that's what I call my higher power. But what is that? Mm. And I got off the, the platform of speaking. And there were people lined up to talk to me. And I was like, okay, why? And they're like, can you ask me? And I was like, yeah, I can totally answer all your questions metaphysically I don't know how I know but I can and this woman sat down next to me as well and went we're going to be friends and I was like totally then my inside voice went like why her she looks nice but what about this other woman across the way that I don't care if I ever talk to her again okay what that what is that about and I kept asking this question and and I went for a massage I went for a mud bath so I'm on the table covered in red mud and I'm going, okay, what is that? Why, why can't I find community? What is this with this woman? And what I heard through divine guidance was, oh, that's soul language. And I went, what? Okay. And I went to the, the woman who's piling mud on me. And I went, get me a pen. She's like, what? I was like, get me a pen. She's like, okay. I was like, I need to write this down. And I knew from the sound in my head, which wasn't me, um, that it was big. And then I sat down for two months, two or three months, every day, for like a half an hour. And I started asking questions like, what is soul language? What does it mean? How do I use it? And uh, I just kept getting answers. And then I, when I started to understand like the 107 core energies across three different categories, your mission, how you feel that mission, and then your soulful personality. Books would fall off my bookshelf. <clears throat> and I'd be like, oh my God, is that a soul language? And I didn't realize that I'd been collecting this information mm. unconsciously for years. Um, and then I went back to that woman. I was like, listen, I'm doing this crazy thing called soul language. And uh, can I identify your soul languages? And she's like, sure. And we spoke the same language, one of the same languages. And of course I understood her and she would have, uh, she would talk about an experience and I'd be, and the feeling of the experience. And I would go, Oh my God, I've really had that different, different details, but I've had that experience. Mm -hmm. And it was because of that shared mutual soul language. And then I was identifying someone who knew nothing about the three core energies of soul, nothing about soul language. And I was like, okay, so one of your soul languages is called partner. How does that resonate with you? She said, before I got on the phone, I asked myself, if Jennifer asked me my soul language, what would it be? She goes, and I wrote down the word partner. 
<laughs> and I burst out his now for a warrior to cry it's crazy so I burst out hysterically crying she's like oh my god are you okay I was like yeah you just told me I'm not crazy hmm. and then something really cool happened last week this woman sets up a discovery session with me and in the notes was I was meditating and I asked God what what should I do and God said learn your soul language she goes, and I Googled it, and your name popped up. She had never know, knew what soul language was. She had no connection to me at all. Yeah. Like, and I looked on Facebook, like, are we, nothing. And I thought, oh, okay, right? So I think for people who are downloading something, people know that there's something that they, they feel, hear, sense that can support others' growth. I think the road tends to be a little bumpy. And I think that the key about that is constant tuning in, constant trusting, and a determination. And and like, I was on the road. There was no way I was going to get off the road. Like, I didn't even know how to get off the road. And at times it, it felt like, you know, I was on this road, you know, without any brakes and no airbag and going, Uh, oh my god are we sure are we sure and um (laughs) I think that's to get where you have to go when you have this big vision that and anyone who's had a vision like a big one goes no I can't possibly do that you know why me like there's all those little things that you need to find the people that will support that vision Mm -hmm. you need to find those paths and those stones and and those people that go yeah you're not crazy how do we want to do this? Um, because it, if you don't, then you you can get stuck in the humanness of making it tangible. And that's really not your job. <clears throat> your job is to do the next divinely inspired action. And I think people try to, when they have that big vision, try to get to Z before they're like, okay, uh, I can't really get to Z at the moment. Um, what's the first step? So again, very, very, a lot of words to answer your question. I love it. This is all about you right now, Jen. So (laughs) you should have lots of words. (laughs) But as you're speaking, I just got like chills multiple times hearing you speak to that. And um, oh no, I had a great, I had a question about something and now it just left me. But um, I'm really curious to know, just to, I like to, because I love people's stories and this is the space in between and I have a feeling you were drawn to that, that title of the podcast, but I love to hear people's stories. So if you don't mind sharing, so to fill in the gaps a little bit, and then I want to go back yeah. into diving in more into the soul language. But so you were working in PR, you were using your, you're tapping into in your intuition and using that as your gift. And then somehow you got to this talk where you... So, okay, so let me give you that Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I was working with my best friend, uh, helping her uh, create her company. Okay. And we had this, and I just talked to this, the woman that that started all this. Um, We had this client, they were a couple, and they hated me. Okay. And when I mean they hated me, he would yell at me on the phone about, you make me feel blah, blah, blah. And at that time, I didn't really know anything. Mm. 
Um, I still don't know anything, but you know what I mean. I was like, I got off the phone with my, and looked at my best friend. And I went, I don't know anything about anything, but I know I can't make him feel anything. And I was forced to go to a dinner with them and a friend that they were bringing with them called Beth Davis. And Beth and I sat next to each other and I go, what do you do? And she goes, I do this thing called hand analysis. And I go, I don't know what that is, but I know I need to have it. Mm -hmm. And so she came to my house and she did my hand analysis, which is this great work by uh, Richard Unger uh, that takes your fingerprint, puts numerical value to it. And then from there, your high prints are your life purpose and your low prints are your life lesson. And she goes, okay, so your life purpose is powerful healer and teacher of service in the spot, in the spotlight. Mm. I've, I've updated that over the years, but, yeah. and I was like, great. I don't know what that is, but I can <laughs> feel it. And I started coaching with her. So now I'm still in PR coaching with her, thinking about creating a bath and body product company. I know it's so like, like out of left field. Um, <laughs> and then I, that's the woman that I went to her conference and spoke. Okay. Um, and at that same time, I had gone freelance. Like it all was kind of happening all at once. Okay. So we had this client who was an international known coach. And I was counseling her about her relationship with her daughter. And she's like, oh, my God, you're so, it was two hours. Oh, my God, you're so amazing. And she bought all of my products in my like. And I'm content driven. So I had like 15 million products. She bought them all. <laughs> and she's like, I love you. You're so amazing. Thank you so much. And two weeks later, she fired us. And she said, oh. oh, yeah, that face that. Yeah. yeah. And when I got off the phone, I looked at Erin and I was like, oh, that's going to end badly. Mm. And uh, she fired us because she said that I didn't know. I, she cited me. Didn't know her business, didn't understand her business, didn't understand what she was trying to do. Mm. That's not why she fired us. She fired us because I saw be behind the curtain. Mm. And she couldn't take it. Mm. And I said to Erin, okay, now all of this is happening at once, okay? I said to Erin, I'm going to go freelance in three months. And she's like, okay, great. As I'm on my way going to freelance, I go to the conference. Okay. Okay, I meet, at the same time I come back, I come back with clients, the same time I come back, Erin goes, so you're going to go freelance tomorrow. I go, what are you talking about? I totally forgot. I blocked it out. <laughs> like, oh, no, I made plans. Now, Erin didn't make any plans. She just lovingly pushed me out. And so I went freelance. <laughs> so I was doing freelance bath and body products, taking on clients. On an, on an intuitive level. <clears throat> and then I got a $25,000 PR client. Um, God is so funny. <laughs> and uh, I was like, it was the, it was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so after this, I'm not going to take any more clients. on. I'm just not PR clients. Cause I'm miserable and I'm crying at my desk and, and I, I don't like this woman. And what am I doing? Like, I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. And so after that, I had a little chunk of change in the bank. 
And I was like, okay, so I'm going to do this. And I'm going to let go of the Bath and Body Product Company because you know what? I hate making those products. It's not fun anymore. Okay. And I'm just going to do this. And then I was starting to download Soul Language at the same time. Okay. So, you know, as because I'm innovative and I've got that warrior energy so I could do multiple things. I had a lot of balls in the air, but until I accepted my purpose, which is all about connecting and helping others connect, uh, the delivery system didn't click into place. Mm -hmm. And the delivery system, of course, is so much. So those are all the little spaces in between. I love it. And yeah, it sounds like you were just what you spoke of earlier in soul language is like if you were following the breadcrumbs, you're following the little steps along the way. And it but it was all swirling around you at the same time and just saying, OK, I'm going to do this. And you might have done several different things at the same time just to see what lands. So I think that's a great takeaway for somebody who's sitting there thinking, what am I what's my next step? Yeah, maybe you just try a little bit of everything and see what lands. Uh, and yeah, so- I think high, I think highly innovative people and highly uh, visionary people and creative people, they they get blasted for wanting to do a lot of things. Yeah. <clears throat> and I always tell them, OK, let's find the purpose and then let's see how that fits into everything you do. Yeah. And let's promote the purpose and then we can talk about the delivery systems. Um I think the word niche is overused and people don't really understand what it totally means. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I get bored easily. And so I do a lot, like my day, even though I'm talking about connection, it takes on a lot of shapes and forms with mm-hmm. that. But at the end of the day, I'm always bringing people back to connecting with themselves and whatever they call their higher purpose higher self yeah I'm with you on that um so I want to so I love that we we put out your timeline together and we got into soul language so I want to talk a little bit more about soul language and and it sounds like you're doing a really beautiful thing marrying those two now we can really clearly see how you married that soul language intuitive side of you and then the PR piece and how you just beautifully married those two together. And so when you were speaking earlier, I think this was the question I was having. Can you speak more about the 107 energies, but we don't use, we usually use three. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Because I'm curious, I I haven't heard that number. And I'm curious about it because 108 shows up a lot in yoga. And I, yeah. and I have my movement practice, which is 109, which is the guru bead. It's that that point of reference, reverence in the, the meditation. So I don't know about this yeah. 107. Yeah, I'll tell you why there's 107. Okay. So it's a hugely metaphysical question. Yeah. Because there's one core energy that we all have, mm-hmm. um, but that information hasn't fully been revealed to me. Okay. So along with the three core energies, you have this one that everyone has. So technically there's 108. Okay. Core energies of soul. But since I don't know that last 108, that's why it's 107. Okay. Um, and it's it, it's one of those metaphysical questions that kind of annoy me. And God just goes, let it rest. It will appear when it does. <laughs> um, so each one of us has three. We have one in three different categories. We uh, You can use the 107. And as a practitioner, 
I teach people uh, to tune into the 107 and utilize mm -hmm. other languages or other energies that uh, might not be in their stable of languages yeah. to, to help do something or be something or create something. But, you know, humans are kind of simple and we need things pretty straightforward. And so I think that that's why we've chosen three. Okay. Uh, they fall into your mission how you'll be known here or slash how you feel your mission and then your soulful personality, how your soul prefers to go through life. So we'll use me, my mission, what I'm profoundly here to experience and then offer that to others is called equalizer. It's all about creating that perfect formula of balance first for me and then for others. My, how I'll be known here is called teacher of integrity. I can see where people are out of the consciousness of love, offer them the chance to get back in, which means back into balance. All of my life, I've been able to see where people's words and actions don't measure up. Remember the guy that was yelling at me? Mm -hmm. He was yelling at me because I was not so graceful, telling him, listen, you guys say one thing and you do another. And people are going to start to notice and they were super out of integrity. Uh, they were a relationship couple that didn't know how to be in relationship with anyone. Mm. And I just saw through them. Mm. Um, and then my soulful personality is called Graceful Warrior. Action, movement, courage, and grace. So I can give a one-liner to every soul on this planet and a business soul. And that becomes your mild marker of consciousness. Not to put you in a box, but if you're not being and doing that, you're going to create struggle. So my one-liner is I create balance for myself first and then for others through love, integrity, and courage. Mm. And I can look on a daily basis and go, oh, huh, not doing that today for myself, mm -hmm. right? Um, I had to have a come to Jen meeting the other day because, again, I, my voice was gone. And I was like, no, I can squeak out my four other sessions. I can do it. <laughs> and that part of me that's the equalizer went, are you – do you want the business to implode? Like, what are you doing? Like, you're not, it's not balanced. You're, this is not good. We know what happens here. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I went from feeling guilty as a human to going, oh, this is this divinely guided thing. Um, and so that's a little bit about soul language. And when, when people really I hear the same thing when they get their languages identified, whether they're on the path for a moment or years. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I get to put words to what I know mm -hmm. about my essential nature. Mm -hmm. What I know so deep down inside that I've never been able to put words to it before. And so I was talking to someone yesterday, I did a session and I was like, so how does that resonate with when I read her, her language? She's like, you could see, like, she didn't know anything about what I did because it was a referral. And you could see, like, she was just wide-eyed, like, oh, my God. Great. Now I have an internal tool to move from pattern and struggle to this utilizing my soul consciously. And it, um, it's very simple and very complex and very profound. And I think people need tools that they can utilize every moment of their lives. Right. And so once you have your languages identified, if we never speak again, you're golden mm -hmm. because you have a structure to really create a deep connection with yourself. I love it. Thank you. <laughs>
I love it. So just to get this straight, so we have the core, we have our core energy, which you're not quite sure about yet. <laughs> then we have these three that are our, our own, like what you were talking about earlier in another reading, the hand reading was like, it's almost like our imprint that we are always functioning within consciously. It's your, yeah, it's your energies that it's like this. It's like your special sauce yeah. of divinity to use this time around. But then we have the other, I don't know, math. Yeah, 104 or, yeah, 104 energies that we can access at any time. And that's what you, you tap into those three for them first. But then you also are leading the way to find how they can bring in these other energies into their life. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, that's practitioner work. Yeah. I mean, I can teach anyone to do it. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, I often tell my practitioners, okay, you know, that we have 104 other energies that we could talk to and utilize for support. And I'm like, and there's, of these 104, there are ones that we never talk to. Mm. Why is that? Mm. Like, I'm like, why? You know, those are the ones that are underused. And I think... Um, like everything, people collect energies. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think we get comfortable. And when, when someone's going through something really challenging, I'm like, okay, let's talk to a, a core energy, a, a soul that we've never talked, like that we don't talk to. Yeah. Like, let's get some real down and dirty stuff. So yeah. it becomes this, uh, and, and your soul languages are of you. They're inside of you. They're not guides. They're not teachers. Uh, it's, you know, and I think, um, having a way to put words around your own divinity gives your human something to focus on. So you can actually start to understand that you're whole and complete and operate from there. Yeah. Ooh, I love it. I'm doing a session with you, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I would be honored. (laughs) And I think everybody listening should definitely do a session with you. Um, so, and are you in, in terms of that, so it sounds like you're focused mainly on people who own businesses, but do you also work with people just who are out there in life figuring out like, what am I doing? Yeah. I mean, my person is someone who's highly creative, highly intuitive, a visionary. Um, and so that doesn't always have to take shape in a, in a business. I work with a lot of artists. Um, you know, I work with a lot of people who, uh, have a, a spotlight calling in their soul. Um, so that could be anything from an author to a speaker. Um, you know, I've worked with actors, which is always really fun. Um, so, you know, I think my person is the person I call the spiritual renegade, the person who's not going to do it like anyone else does it and really wants to be closer to themselves and whatever they call their higher power. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I always say that when, when people come to me, um, I go, listen, I can tell you who you are. You're a spiritual renegade. You have a big vision. You want to make a difference in the world, right? And that doesn't always have to be a business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm really, I've spent, I spent a lot of time really being clear um, who my person is because I'm kind of bratty and <laughs> I don't, I really am. I'm really bratty. And so I don't, the, uh, the others, I could totally be supportive and I can be in my spiritual goo and love them. But I also want to like everyone I work with. So um, I spend a lot of time being really clear and aligned with myself. So 
I feel good about doing my job and being my job, not just um, feel good about serving people, but I feel good about being in the business. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking back to what you were sharing of that freelance client that you had for 25K and how you didn't enjoy it. And so that gave you, that was one of the breadcrumbs, right? That you took and you're like, okay, I don't want to just do it for the money. It sounds like, right? And you really got clear in that person, as you said. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, but I, I did all of her soul languages of her and everyone that was on her team. And I think also that was a great thing as well, because I said, listen, I could tell you why this is not succeeding. Mm. Because all of your team, you have surrounded yourselves by the soul language called nurturer. And all they want to do is nurture you. And all you want to do is control everything. (laughs) I go, and so it's not working. So do you want to solve it? Do you want to? And, and. I think that's also where I decided uh, I can't make a round box square and a square box round with people, especially in PR and marketing, who won't listen to expertise because they're they're so in their head. Um, yeah, it was a very pivotal moment, and you know, yeah, um, and I'm so grateful for her as well, <clears throat> and. I'm going to look her up, see what what she's doing now, because I haven't thought about her in years. So thanks for that. That was fun. You're welcome. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love it. So uh, it sounds like you just have a really beautiful, beautiful way of working with both worlds, as as we've been kind of playing with uh, before. And you sound very clear, too, which is really special and unique because I think sometimes, especially if we're more tapped into that intuitive side, it gets a little like up here too high, you know, into the like higher vibrational state where it's not in the physical realm. And it sounds like you've also found this really beautiful balance in how you use your language and get clear. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's that warrior part of me. Like, Mm -hmm. It's not tangible if we can't integrate it, you know, then what's the point? Like, yeah, I could go metaphysical. You know, I used to do this uh, live for a while called the metaphysical mumbo jumbo because I was like, there's metaphysical mumbo jumbo that just drives me batty. Like, you know, um, you're on a planet uh, unless you decide you're going to go somewhere else. Like, you have to be on the planet. This is why you come to experience as much as you can in human form and to utilize your soul and the divinity for it to be, you know, as painless as possible. And um, that means integration for me. And that means tangible. And um we can make the world a better place if we integrate more consciousness in, in everything we do. Yeah. And so, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. You're fun to talk to. (laughs) Thanks. You are too. Oh, yeah. What else is happening in your world or that you want to share with us here today? Well, one of the fun things that I really love to do is I'm a master prayer writer. Okay. So I love to write an affirmative prayer for anyone who wants one. Like, okay. It's like a $20 thing. I 
Um, and I think that's really fun because I think a lot of people don't understand how to declare and bend the universe. Mm. And I think affirmative prayer helps that in a, in a, in a way. So then the last thing I want everyone to remember is that they're whole and complete. And the best question that you could ask yourself every day is if I knew I was whole and complete, what would I say? What would I do? What would I be today? Mm, I love it. I'm curious about your affirmative prayers because I, I do this a lot for, I don't know if it's the same thing, but what I, I normally do for myself is if I'm working through something, I journal a lot. And then I usually find some, you know, little nugget of gold in there to affirm and really use that as my mom. I use the word mantra. And yeah. so I use <clears throat> mantra a lot to help shape through and get through whatever that obstacle is or, or affirm that I want to, you know, invite something in it. Is that, is that? Yeah, to you it is. The, except with a mantra and affirmative prayer, there's more parts to an affirmative prayer. Yeah. So, you know, the mantra is the declaring part. Okay. Right. Where in affirmative prayer, the first part is really understanding what you call your higher power and being really in alignment with it. And then understanding that you and that are one in the same mm-hmm. and being in alignment with that. Because if you're not, then the declaring part gets harder and harder. Right? Mm-hmm. And then the declaring and then the gratitude part, which is obvious. But I think a lot of us do drive by gratitude. So I'll tell you what that sounds like. <laughs> oh, I Because I do yeah. it. Yeah, right? go for it. Thank, thank you, thank you so much, God, for everything. But, oh, by the way, I don't have. That's drive-by gratitude. Um, and then the last part is the letting it go and really sending it out and knowing that, you know, because you've declared it, it is so. Um, and then I've added, which isn't traditional, I added the action part. So now that you've declared it, what's the divinely inspired action to take? Um so I love the mantra part because it's declare, 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 declare. Uh, the other parts allow you to really see and really tweak uh, all of those little things that are in the way of you taking the intangible, declaring and making it tangible. That's what declaring does, right? Mm-hmm. It actually brings the, the ether down into form, which is the heaviest part. Yeah, oh, I love it. And so when you work with, you said that this is a service you provide. So what does that look like for you to come up with the affirmative prayer? Is it something that you just give them guidelines to do on their own or do you work with them? Yeah, they fill out a form. Okay. Which is so fun. And I I go, okay, what's the topic? What are you experiencing? What do you call your higher power? Um, And then I get the form and I go, and I send it back. And then I go, let me know if it needs tweaks. Uh, and if it does, I tweak here and there. And then I send it back. And someone said it was like putting on a warm, beautiful blanket every day. Aww. So like a giant security blanket. Yeah. So um, I started it because I was writing for clients and they would they would write back like, let me let you know all the things that happened since I started saying this prayer. And I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, when are you going to like, when are you going to charge for this? I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> hmm. That's great. Oh, wonderful, Jennifer. So uh, where can people find you and connect with you? So my website is soullanguage.us. On Facebook, I've got this great group called Spiritual Renegades. So that's a fun place to play. Um, I just do a lot of content there. um, And there's like 500 groovy people there. (laughs) So um, all master healers all like living consciously. 
And so those are the two best places. I pick up my own phone and I answer my own email. Um, if you call me, you know, on eight o'clock, somebody called me at like nine o'clock last night and they're on the West coast. And I'm like, I didn't think you'd pick up your phone. I was like, I always pick up my phone, but I was just starting to fall asleep. So they got the even higher squeaky voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and you could always ask me a question, you know, um, and uh, there's so much content, free audios on the site as well. So go there and have fun. Cool. Okay, good. Well, thank you so much. It's been a real joy to spend time with you and learn a little bit more. And I'm looking forward to diving in. I'll go ahead and join the group, the Facebook group. And Yay! definitely want to do a session with you and see what my soul language is. I would love that. Thank you so much for doing this and for being who you are and uh, loving stories. I get that. I used to sit at the adult table and just be really quiet with my big blue eyes and, and listen to their stories. So oh, me I get the, the need for the stories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think stories definitely connect people and hear, <clears throat> you know, how you got to where you are was you, you tried things out, right? You tried things out. There might've been some obstacles in the way. And for the people who are listening right now, who are in that space in between to see, okay, you know, for instance, you, Jen, you just started to listen that pile of red mud and like got your pad and paper out and, and allowed the, the information to come in and, and to let people know that it's always here for us and to tap into it and to listen. And hopefully your story is inspiration for, for other people. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So honored. <laughs> well, good. Well, we will have you back again soon. Thank you. I hope you had a wonderful time with Jennifer. I certainly did. I love learning about her soul language and her journey in exploring that and bringing it to all of you. So you can also continue the conversation with Jennifer at her really beautiful group. It's uh, called The Spiritual Renegades. And you can also join the conversation over at our Facebook group, The Nomad Collective with Phoebe Leona. We have some some wonderful things unfolding there. It's a relatively new group and lots, lots unfolding there. I'm so excited to share and be with you all in that respect. And what else can I share with you? Remember tomorrow, our, our monthly gathering with Amy, Susie, and myself, we will be exploring how to reclaim your magic and live a creative life. We'll offer practices and, and discussions around this, and we'll continue that conversation all month long in various ways at our movement practice and our gatherings, as well as on social media. So join the conversation. And if this lights you up, join us in Mexico, November 3rd through the 9th. We have an early nomad special happening now through July 3rd. Go ahead, find it, join us. We would love to give you a big old hug and move with you and reclaim your magic to live the life you desire. And if this episode resonated with you, leave us a review. Let us know what your takeaway is from our discussion with Jennifer. And if you want to share it with somebody, spread that love. Press that share button and get it out there. Let's let's keep the love going around and around. All right, my friends, have a beautiful day.